jobs. They are on top of everyone's minds, and sustainability jobs even more so. Millennials are even willing to take a fairly substantial pay cut in order to move into a job with more sustainability responsibilities. My name is Jimmy Gio. In this bonus episode of the Levers for Change podcast, we compile the advice and suggestions given by our Series 1 experts on how to best enter the sustainability workforce, as well as what expertise the sector needs. To hear the full interviews, please go to www.leversforchangepodcast.com. We're in the process of planning Season 2, which will launch the fall of 2020, and we'll announce more details soon. Let us start with Jackie Drumheller of Alaskan Airlines, who told us what to do, and Jameson Morell of Jacobs Engineering, who told us what not to do. I'd get a lot of intern applications. You know, you'd be looking at 300 applications, and mm. I would throw out every single one where the person didn't reach out to me independently of the resume process. Because there's no point, because you have to be a self-starter, you have to have initiative, and you have to have a little drive, right? So if you're just sending in, I mean, this is me, if you're just sending in an application um, to our HR, you know, giant database in the cloud kind of thing, you're really not demonstrating any sort of initiative. Show me that you started a composting collection thing in your school or that in your job you persuaded management to get rid of water bottles or something like that because then you really know more about what it really takes to implement a sustainability initiative in the workplace, right? You understand, you know, maybe how, how to relay the business case or how to influence people or how an organization works or... Um, and then you have, again, the passion and the persistence to get it done. Thanks, Jackie. So, Jameson, what shouldn't we do? The biggest mistake I see, you go into LinkedIn or you go into uh, you know, a job description on somebody's job board and you Google search for the term sustainability and you see the name is sustainability manager, sustainability director, sustainability analyst or something like that. It's like a front door of a crowded restaurant, right? <laughs> There's a lot of people that are just focused on that word. And so you can easily go around the back door and be a cook for a year <laughs> and move right into that sustainability job, you know? Yeah. Um, and so that's, that's my, my advice is study something you love and augment it. It's good to know that there are many impactful jobs, even if they don't have sustainability in the job title. So then, what type of job titles should you be looking for? Sabrina Watkins of ConocoPhillips tells us where to look. Everywhere. <laughs> That's a kind of a silly answer on the one hand, but it's actually quite true. I've had so many interesting mentoring sessions with professionals who are wanting to do more in sustainability, but they're in information technology, or they want to do more in sustainability, but they are a mechanical engineer. And Honestly, all of those skill sets are needed to move the company forward in sustainability. We needed to have interest and aptitude. In some cases, it takes an, an engineer to sort out a new piece of equipment that could reduce emissions, to understand what kind of emission monitoring equipment really best suits our operations and things like that. It needs people who are good at social engagement to work with communities and really understand what their expectations are of the company and not somebody who isn't skilled at that conversation and has people just clam up and that's it, you're done. So I think that there are a lot of ways to contribute to sustainability 
And if you want to be in a sustainability group, you know, small corporate group or a small regional group, then it requires both academic work in sustainability as well as depth of expertise in a particular industry, probably. Brewster Earl of Comfort Systems debunks the notion that sustainability jobs requires a college education, saying that we need more technicians. It's surely technicians, technical tradespeople. The workforce is aging, and it, it is quite interesting and shocking. And the, the whole thing about this notion that people are going to come out of high school and go to college, that, that that is the preferred path, I couldn't debunk that enough. I mean, it just it's just simply not true. Not everybody's cut out for college education. Some people are, in fact, would be great at trades and can make a good living. That's the big challenge in the industry as a whole. That notion of people who are going to continue to go look at that plot of land over there and make something come out of nothing. The people who build things. It's a very noble, noble business. Steve Klein couldn't agree more. After all, he used to be the CEO of Snohomish PUD, a major utility, and he had to hire many tradespeople. We put so much emphasis today on college and getting advanced degrees, and then here we are dying to find line electricians and meter technicians, all these people that, you know, with overtime make $120,000 a year, and we can't find people to fill those jobs. So certainly it's a, it's a very fulfilling, those are fulfilling career. And based on today, it's not swinging a hammer. I mean, it's, it's, you know, some physical work, but it's still a lot of mental work because everybody carries a laptop with them nowadays and all these systems are complex. So even if you're tweaking it with a screwdriver, you've got to understand that technology. Then in terms you go beyond that, utilities get involved in absolutely everything. They have accountants, they have uh, biologists, particularly in the Northwest where mm -hmm. with hydro projects, we're managing fish protection, all these kinds of things like that. In terms of the electrical energy side of it, there's many different areas. When I was in college, you're going to work for a utility you specialized in power engineering. Now there's many different areas uh, to look at. What if you're looking for a promotion rather than looking for a new job? As Rich Sonstedly, the retired CEO of Puget Sound Energy says, take an interest in how the business works beyond your day-to-day -day duties. For those coming in like I did with you know, an MBA, prove that you're really interested in the utility business. This concept of MBAs coming into companies and thinking, boy, I'm all prepared to go into top management immediately. I mean, that, you know, what a way to alienate everybody around you, you know. Again, show you're interested in the big picture. Quiz your leaders about, tell me more about why we're doing this. Tell me who all's involved and things like that. I think, you know, most older business people delight in younger people who ask questions. And a lot of people are afraid to. No reason to be afraid to. You find out pretty quickly which people you don't particularly want to ask questions to because they won't <laughs> give you a good answer and they're grumpy. But all these companies have some really fine people in them who are mid-career or late career. There's a lot to learn from them. And going and asking them the questions is very flattering. Mm -hmm. I know, you know, I had 
people that came into the company in the latter stages of my career who said, could I get a meeting with the CEO? And my secretary always knew that my door was always open to these people. And some great people came in and asked some really good questions. And I got to learn a little bit about them. And I don't think it ever hurt one of them that came in the door. Mm -hmm. Probably helped most of them mm -hmm. so, to do that. Learn the business process, yes. Also, learn the political process. As Karen Wayland, who spent her career in Congress and at the Department of Energy, reminds us. I think everybody should have a stint in Washington. Because, there, you know, I, I look on Facebook and I look on Twitter and I look, you know, I listen to the conversations that I have when out visiting friends and family outside Washington. They really, truly do not understand the process. And I think it's useful to have a better understanding of the process so that you're more forgiving of the process and not so cynical about it and, or misinformed about it. Because, you know, for example, the framers of the Constitution envisioned things moving fast in the House and things moving slow in the Senate and that of the thousands of bills that are produced every year by all, you know, the 535 members, very few of them are ever become law by design. Where you find a job might be surprising. The most unexpected companies might be hiring people with expertise in climate. Shilpa Patel of ClimateWorks elaborates. There's so many entry points now. I think the financial sector as a whole recognizes that this is really critical thing that you're going to have to deal with. So you could do it in banks, you could do it uh, certainly in an investment bank, you could try working with, you know, private equity or funds that uh, are focused on environment and climate. You could do it through philanthropy, uh, you could do it through a think tank like WRI, you could certainly do it through the multilateral development banks. All of them have climate as a priority. You know, the corporate uh, world is very much looking into this. And very frankly, even oil and gas majors are, are people who look at climate and, and what that's going to do to their business. So I think you can influence or you can work on climate finance in so many different ways now. Lastly, here are some skills to succeed. Understand system thinking. Understand what's 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 new. Get your foot in the door of, a, of, a, of an organization that you want to work for. And when your foot's in the door, find those people because the teams are in there and they're cross-functional teams and they're moving somewhere. And from there, you can you can move all over the place. To summarize, it's not about looking for a sustainability job title. It's about turning your job into a sustainability job. I have heard of CFOs going to green team meetings to find people to promote because those who attend were working towards the company's success, not just their own career paths. The people who went to the green teams cared about how the business worked, how to improve its core functions, and built cross-functional teams. In essence, those people were learning how to lead. Thanks for listening to this compilation episode. Again, my name is Jimmy Gio. I hope the advice given by the experts will help you in your journey as you search for your levers for change.